Congratulations, you're listening to Podcast Rebellion. Welcome to Podcast Rebellion. This is Juco All-American, joined by Whiskey Wednesday. We are going to be talking about the LSU game. Exciting, exciting stuff. Uh, And the upcoming matchup against Texas A&M, as well as, of course, like we always do, whether our season expectations have changed. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about what we drink, what we're drinking. So I'm actually visiting a uh, family in Jackson, Mississippi, back in the mighty Mississippi, the sip, if you will. And I am sipping on Southern Pecan because you can't get it uh, in, in Austin. Oh, man. It's good. I, I remember it being good. And it's also still good. That's crazy. Uh, so I went camping last weekend uh in the mountains in north carolina and after a long road trip the first bar or i guess tap room more specifically that i stopped in had southern pecan uh but not on tap only like i think you had to buy a six pack or four pack or you know whatever uh so i didn't get one but i was like huh that's from home um i'm drinking uh, a little pour of lagavulin um I haven't had scotch in a long, long time. And I've had this bottle for like four or five years because I, you know, break it out for special occasions. And, you know, what the hell, man? Yeah. You know what? Tuesday night is special enough. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Southern Pecan. I remember when it first came out, um, one, just kind of thinking it was cool that Mississippi finally had a beer. Uh, and also then just liking it <laughs> and being, you know, happy that it was also good. Yeah. Do you think they still make Indian summer? This is something uh, you I, I looked, I looked for it. Uh, it, it certainly wasn't there. Um, but, uh, yeah, Indian summer was the best beer that I had uh, before I moved out of the state of Mississippi. Um, and I contend it was probably still really good. Although my, uh, my exposure to other beers has, you know, happened. For sure. Yeah. I, I maintain that it it's probably the best Mississippi beer. I mean, maybe there's a new one that I haven't had that's better, but. It appears they don't make it anymore. That's sad. Yeah. That is very sad. Um, <clears throat> okay, so enough about alcohol. And let's talk about the game. Uh, so, uh, neither of us caught the game, caught the second half in real time. Uh, I was at my son's first camp out as a Cub Scout, which was I'm very welcomed, honestly. Um I was I, I watched the first like quarter of the game, which was great, uh, and then because they were off doing something, but w- then they came back, and I didn't want to be the the dad who doesn't pay attention to you know one of his son's major uh, life experiences so far. So I decided not not to watch, and man, good thing. Uh, yeah, it um, it got ugly real quick after just. The most amazing first quarter. Um, <laughs> you really wonder like what goes on with a team that so consistently 
alternates great and terrible quarters. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was certainly on display again. I I did go back and watch the game, uh, the portions that I had missed. Um, uh, <laughs> it's just so frustrating. Um, first of all, I definitely think that LSU is a good team. Um, and, you know, they have never stopped recruiting well. So it's not as, you know, it's, it's similar. They're much better, but it's similar to Auburn, right? Where like, even when things aren't perfect for them, they just have like lots of great players across the board. Um, let's talk about the offense first. I thought once again, Jackson Dart played a fine game. Um, the line was terrible. <laughs> uh, like they let through so much pressure. Obviously, there was the pick, right? Jackson Dart's pick, where he had a guy open in the end zone, and the line. Well, really, Quinshawn Judkins actually. Uh, so the line let a blitzer through, and the line should have done something to stop him, but. Then once he got through, Quinchon Judkins also did nothing to stop him. And he just ran directly into Jackson Dart, who threw a pick. And yeah, that was basically the end of the game, despite the fact that it was like a one-score game at that point. Yeah, not not a lot good happened (laughs) really after the first quarter, but especially after that interception. But yeah, you're right. Jackson Dart still like the numbers on the box score still look good. He was 19 for 34, 283 yards, um, no touchdowns, but you know, in the in the one interception. But uh, you know, we saw on those first couple scoring drives, um, he completed a lot of really great passes, um, you know, and was able to do so, like you said, with you know a little bit of pressure, even when things were going well. Um, so there's a lot good to take away from that, but yeah, I'm I'm curious what you noticed or what did you notice in the second half of, of, you know, what you watched that, you know, kept the offense from getting anything going? It was just all pressure. Yeah. I mean, it was the, the running game didn't really work very well. Uh, also because of LSU's defense. So I put this down as a note to talk about when we talk about the defense, but we can talk about it now. There are a lot of people who say, or cutely said after this game, like, see, three down linemen, it's not going to work against good SEC teams. And it's like, well, it worked against us. I mean, LSU was often two down, uh, but usually three down. Um, And they got tons of pressure and closed running lanes and, you know, had their way with the line in the second half, an offensive line that has been lauded uh, at times this season. And of course has been a running game. that has been productive almost all year. Uh, Like why does it work for LSU and not work for Ole Miss? And it's, I think the answer is because, like, the scheme itself is not wrong. It's not like, oh, well, I guess three down line is just never going to work. It's that, like, 
the front five are just not all that good. Yeah, I mean, especially when you take into account some of the injuries that we've seen. Yeah, but the Troy Brown injury, Cedric Johnson injury, like. Once you get past those guys, I mean, there, you know, like there are some other good players. I'm not saying that everybody's bad, but like, it's just not. There aren't a lot of playmakers in the in the in those of those five, and that if you can't make plays, then of course it's not going to work. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about the you know huge depth along the defensive line, and you know we've seen. I don't know. It's mostly a rotation of, I don't know what, six, seven guys, not quite as wide. It's mostly like five guys. Yeah. So let's see. I mean, Katie Hill and JJ Pegues play quite a bit. Uh, Cedric Robinson, Jared Ivy, Tavius Robinson. So that's five. And then, yeah, you're right. After that, I mean, mean, Jamon Gordon, Isaiah Eaton don't play a ton. Taiwan Malone does not play a ton. Yeah. A bunch of other guys play sparingly. But like those are the guys, you know. When when there are key drives, those are the guys you want in. Yeah, for sure. And you know, five defensive linemen rotating doesn't seem like enough, really. Right. Um, even right. A, even in a three down lineman situation, you know. Exactly. Um, and then when one of those guys gets hurt, and you know, we've had too hurt with some injuries to JJ Pegues as well. You know, when, when two of those guys are hurt, you know, that starts to get really thin. Uh, yeah. And then, and then yeah, at linebacker, Kari Coleman is still not playing as frequently as you would expect. He's obviously still recovering somewhat from injury. Troy Brown went out. Oh, shoot. We're talking about the, de- the defense. Well, um, let's just keep talking about this. We'll, we'll head back to the offense in a minute. Um, yeah, Troy Brown went out. And so, you know, then you've got Austin yeah, Keys and, and just yeah, the linebacker core is just huge snap counts. I, mean, I haven't seen the snap counts yet from the game. I don't think, like you said, I don't think I any of the individual players are bad. And the there's some guys majority. who are giving good efforts. Um, I think Austin Keys is having a pretty solid season. Um, definitely a lot better than I expected out of him. Um, and then, you know, Troy Brown is really good when healthy, um, at least at just collecting a bunch of tackles. He doesn't yeah. seem to be a guy who's going to blow up plays, um, is going to have too many, you know, tackles for loss or tackles for no gain, but he definitely gets off blocks relatively well, uh, doesn't get you know, blocked out of the play, doesn't get sucked in too much and, and just, you know, makes a lot of those tackles for relatively short gain, which you really need, but you also need some, you know, some guys making disruptive plays. And yeah, he hasn't no, shown too much of that. But Troy Brown is an essential piece. I mean... Yeah, for sure. He's, he's vital. Um, and then AJ Finley also went out. Um, that was hard for them to overcome. He's, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that was very difficult. <clears throat> and yeah, it was just kind of a weird, a weird series of events that that allowed Ole Miss's lead to evaporate so quickly. Like the the crazy, terrible pass um, where the two Ole Miss defenders ran into each oh, other, and the <laughs> yeah. 
the LSU receiver is able to you know, pretty much catch it and trot into the end zone. Um, super unfortunate. Should have been a pick. Um, yeah. it, it was not – I don't mean to call the guy out. He's a freshman. But it was not a big Benison's best game. No. I, I think that's safe to say that's been his, his worst game so far. And Yeah. You know, who knows? Uh, I mean, secondaries are – tough it's tough to know 100 percent what's going on if a guy looks bad because he's trying to make up for another missed assignment by someone else yeah. or something like that you he never really know horrific, but... he also had a horrific pass interference in the first quarter uh, actually on a drive that ended in lsu's missed field goal but uh there was like what i guess would have been a sure touchdown if he hadn't been there but he just like mauled the lsu receiver before the ball got there um yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I like he, he's he's been much better than a freshman should be this this year. No big deal. One bad game. He's not the reason that Ole Miss lost forty five to twenty. Uh, but yeah, not not his best game. No, certainly not. Um, so yeah, uh, we want to circle back to the offense or talk about implications or <laughs> no yeah let, let's talk a little bit about the offense there's not very much left to talk about unfortunately with the offense but um two things that i have here like i know the guys out there giving it his all and trying but casey kelly got to catch some passes man yeah uh there was one i think it was a touchdown or a would have been touchdown yeah. in the end zone where, I mean, it would have been a really athletic play for him to, you know, extend and catch it. But, you know, a lot of tight ends are just there to catch it, you know, in stride. <laughs> uh, he, it, also, I mean, it hit him in the hands and he dropped it. And there was also another first down that hit him in the hands and he dropped it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ole Miss is in a tough spot at tight end. It's not Casey Kelly's fault. Just like the Igbenosin thing. Like, but man, catch the ball. Like it that more more drops than receptions probably this year, right? That's probably so. Yeah. He's had a really rough year catching the ball after, you know, looking good at times. Yeah. Um I guess it was mostly twenty twenty that we saw him um yeah. because he was out most of the twenty twenty one. Um, and so, yeah, you, I don't know if it's like an injury thing or, uh, just a pressure thing or just different quarterback. Uh, you could put it on a lot of different things, but yeah, you certainly wish we could do something more with the tight end position, uh, receiving. I think he does lay a lot of good blocks. Um, and he is, you know, a a really veteran presence out there, but yeah, you kind of wonder like. I don't know, man. I know, I know playing freshman is difficult playing, you know, third string guys is difficult, mm-hmm. but like, mm-hmm. it just confuses me when there are seemingly like sec scholarship football players who coaches just aren't comfortable putting on the field at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess Kyron Heath played a little bit earlier this year, but like it, it would have been, I don't know. It would have made sense to see him in more of an expanded role uh, running some routes, but you know, we didn't really see anything. If you remember though, he got flagged a lot in his like limited time on the field. Um, 
So I wonder if they're just like, look, this is not going to work this year. Yeah, <clears throat> certainly could be, but yeah. yeah, the circumstances seem to call for something else. Um, on a brighter note, I mean, we can give it up for Malik Heath again because he yeah. was the brightest spot on the offense probably. Um unless you want to count Jackson Dart, you know, handling pressure really well and still producing a lot of numbers. Um, I'd, I'd call them kind of the co-MVPs of the game. Well, thanks for ruining it later when we get to that. Oh, well. Maybe <laughs> yeah, I'll change my uh, mind before then. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that I think Malik Heath in this game especially is proving to be a receiver who is more than just, like, someone who can get open enough to get the ball. Like, he can do stuff with the ball. I think that he's a... Uh, a good receiver who helps the offense a lot. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been really cool to see him have such a breakout year, really mm-hmm. unexpected, you know, like I, yeah. yeah, I like a, like a big old nerd. Uh, I keep kind of like a, a, a depth chart, you know, penciled in and, and Malik Heath, you know, wasn't very high on it uh, yeah. for, for me until we started hearing, reports in practice that like, Oh yeah, he's one of three starters basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that it was just way out of line of my expectations and he's just been so good at times. Um, and uh, you know, especially on Saturday. Um, so in... well, let's actually talk. Oh, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. Let's actually talk a bit more about the defense. And then we sort of got off of them. Uh, but two other things that I wanted to talk about, um, there's been this refrain, after the game from like some media and also just like Twitter and uh, message board people who were like, Oh, well, you know, they couldn't go down. They couldn't go four down linemen, even though like what they were doing was, wasn't working because like they didn't feel comfortable with it. And, you know, you don't want to like change up too much. It's like, okay, well <clears throat> they got blitzed. <laughs> And what they were trying going four down could not have been worse than what they did. Uh, and they did it against Vanderbilt. How, how have they not gotten a package ready for LSU to run right at them? Yeah. You know, especially since that's, you know, for what, three, four games now that's been kind of, established as the way to attack the defense. Right. Uh, you know, you run two tight ends, you, you know, run straight at them. You, if you have a mobile quarterback, that's even better. And yeah, and yeah they haven't, they haven't seemingly done anything to address it. It's, it's really odd. I, it's something that we haven't really seen out of a, a Lane Kiffin team yet. Just kind of a inability or refusal to address like a glaring issue. Yeah, and I, I'm actually not one to um, evaluate the coordinators because I think that, like, we don't know a lot of what's happening. Um, I think that it's up to Lane Kiffin to evaluate the performance of the coordinators. But um, it is frustrating that, like, they, if they're, if Chris Partridge is adjusting to what's happening, he's adjusting in ways that are not working. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and what what seems to be more frustrating to me, and again, 
not football experts. But there's just <laughs> a lot of situations on camera where it's like, oh, this defensive play is not going to work. Like right. coverage is too right. soft. Not enough people in the box. What, you know, just like not covering a bunch formation properly or, you know, whatever, any number of things. Like there's a lot of times just on camera, you can tell like, oh boy, this is, this is going to be bad. Or like, oh, the corners are 12 yards off the line of scrimmage before the play starts. Okay. Well, that'll be neat. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, there's situations that you do that and they're, you know, even like non prevent situations where you would play way off the man. But if that's Oh, just sure. Yeah. But if, if it's, if there are like three receivers over there, like, yeah, <laughs> what, if that's just like your general plan that you yeah. do all the time, then obviously the offense is going to scheme against that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Like, I feel like we've kind of beaten the dead horse about, LSU. Uh, one thing that I would say, I, I think that Jaden Daniels is a good quarterback and he was able to, you know, pick them apart in ways that some other quarterbacks haven't been able to, or will not be able to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very good athlete senior. Um, Luckily. Yeah. it's about to say, I, I would love to see the same LSU team with a inexperienced quarterback that probably would have helped a whole lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he played a great game and, and LSU has silly good receivers, even, you know, they lose three to the NFL every year. Um, so, you know, that, that, that's tough. Also shout out to Jonathan Cruz. Love that guy. Yeah. What an love, asset he's proving to be. Yeah. Yeah. You love lining up for a field goal or extra point and just not wondering what's going to happen. He's just, he's a rock solid. Very cool. Yeah, like it's like oh, from fifty, he'll probably make it. He'll probably mm-hmm. he's probably going in. That's a that's a pretty cool feeling. Yeah, uh, sure. Also, you know, not taking performance performance enhancing drugs, so that's another mm. uh, quality quality yeah. benefit to to Jonathan Cruz. If he uh, were, okay. it would be concerning because he's tiny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so who's your player of the game? I go ahead and give it to Malik Heath. Um, I mean, I think Dart played great too. Um, at least in the first half, I didn't see the second half, but yeah, hundred and you know fifty ish yards receiving. That's pretty legit. Yeah, I mean Malik Keith is probably it. I, I, you know what? I, I'll say Jackson Dart. I, it sucks that we do keep giving these to offensive skill players, um, but look, he. We keep expecting Jackson Dart to have a game where he's just awful. And that definitely has not happened. Yeah. Um, he's he's won me over in the biggest way. I think considering that it's his first year as a full-time starter, new team, new coaches, like, he's doing great. And, like, if they can put a couple more pieces around him, like, wow, next year, like, offense could be Really, really, really good. Yeah, um, I mean, they have you know to another get... thing that would help the offense. If I hope I, I'm hoping not hijacking our timing too much, uh, being able to play more than one running back um, in a game. God, like what? Obviously, Ulysses Bentley is still semi-injured. Yeah, 
and obviously Zach Evans was yeah just pretty bad with yeah, that monstrosity play. on his leg. I mean, so sure, neither of those guys could give it a full go. But like, what? What? We don't have anybody. Like, control, else? control Bullock. Like, could he not? You know, get four carries to help out. Yeah, and like, I guess I don't know. Like, maybe he's just committed himself to be scout team so he can save his eligibility. And like, if he wanted to do that, I wouldn't blame him. Sure. I, yeah. I, I kind of wish they would say something to that effect or something. I don't know if that's the case. Mm-hmm. And he also, if you'll remember, like two, three games ago, I can't remember who, but he was playing on special teams and was, uh, I guess, helped off the field with maybe, yeah. maybe a concussion. Yeah. Um, so that, that could be it. You know, like, I can understand that. Why would you want to play with lingering concussion symptoms as, you know, the fourth string front? Like, why, you know, I get it. But like, there's Isaiah Woolard. Uh, what is he doing? There's like the, mm-hmm. the freshman. I don't know. He's he's a walk on from Jackson Prep, uh, who's pretty good. He scored earlier this year. Uh, Bobo Miller. Is that what you're talking about? No, I think it may be his main name, maybe like Matt Jones or something. Oh yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there is another guy too, another like walk-on kind of guy who, like, or like how is there nobody... not how is there not like a defender who you can like move over who played? You know what I mean? Like, just like do something, and you realize you're not going to have three of your running backs. This, yeah, this week, like, figure something out. So it's not because look what. I mean, obviously, it's great this didn't happen, but, like, what if Quinchon Judkins goes down in the first drive of the game? Yeah. Yeah, like, obviously, Bentley couldn't have carried a full load that game or else he would have gotten more than one carry in, I don't know, like, a very small handful of snaps, it looked like. A catch that was called back from a a holding penalty as well, but, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I don't know, kind of weird stuff going on. It feels like... I don't know, like half the team is secretly injured or something like, like, or yeah. in a doghouse and we just don't know. Like, it's, it's weird. Yeah. This is actually one of the times where the, like, we don't talk about injuries, things really backfires. It's like, I kind of, I kind of think that, um, if Kiffin were just like, Hey, look, like these are all the players who are not, who are like in, injured enough to not play, which we can find out, right. We can sort of look at participation charts or like, Hey, all these guys are like trying to give it a go, but can't, you know, mm-hmm. like I feel like people would be more forgiving of something like this. If it was like, Hey, there are, you know, half of the starters are like nursing hamstring injuries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so definitely a little bit confusing, but I mean, overall, like, I mean, how much are you actually going to complain? I, I, I'm trying to keep it in perspective, like how silly, we would think it was, you know, 10 years ago or whatever to complain about a seven and one team. Yeah. On yeah, the road sure. at LSU, you know? Sure. Sure. No, I, I actually, uh, I agree. You and I both picked LSU to win the game and they did. We did. Yeah. I mean the, the margin, the way it happened is certainly disappointing, right. but like, yeah, we, we both picked it. We both saw some issues that, that, you know, the coaches were having trouble covering up and they all came to light kind of at the same time. Yeah. So let's actually talk about A&M then. Um, I really am very excited for Saturday morning when I can watch the video of the yell leaders 
uh, doing yell practice about Ole Miss. I, I want to see what the, what the childish insults are and about how we're backwoods and, mm-hmm. you know, don't have most of our teeth and all that sort of stuff. Like they're really high quality insults. That yeah. Tell you what, if the, if the end goal of the yell leaders is to make opposing fans who watch those videos just feel an intense like discomfort and like pity and just like shame for everyone involved, then like they're doing a great job. They got uh, it, man. If it's, <laughs> if they're like a Larry David style comedy troupe that just like wants to make <laughs> you feel horrible inside, then yeah, they're killing it. It's, uh, it's an Andy Kaufman thing. It's an Andy yeah. Kaufman thing. <laughs> they're in on the joke. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think they're in on the joke. I don't think so. <laughs> I think they think these things are really funny and, you know, worth laughing at. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, for the A&M game, I think that we will win. Bottom line up front, I think we were going to win the game. All right, I I agree. I mean, I, I think that they are a talented team in way more shambles than Auburn is in shambles, honestly. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you. And I also think that they don't have a quarterback that is going to run for a uh, hundred yards or more. They do not. They do not. <laughs> their, their quarterbacks are, are statues. Um, and so I, I looked up a bunch of stats. I'm not going to throw them all at you right now, but uh, they are, Their offense is 105th in third down conversion percentage. It's bad. Yeah. They are 63rd in yards per carry, but they're 91st in pass yards per attempt. Mm. So they're efficient neither on the ground nor through the air. Now, Jimbo Jimbo Fisher, his background is as as a defensive savant, right? Isn't that that how that is? Uh, (laughs) Oh, no, that's right. He was the offensive coordinator uh, in all those stops. And, uh, yeah, he's known as like a quarterback's guy. No, I think think Jimbo Fisher is a remora that took a little ride on Nick Saban. uh, And then later on... uh, (laughs) Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the story of, of Jimbo Fisher. And he's made so much money. Yeah, yeah. So I, would, much money. I would, you know, say embarrassing things in, in press conferences and, and get stomped by App State at, at home if I could make that much money. I would definitely. 100, 100 million. Well, 95 million, to be fair. To be fair. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, like we say the program is, is in shambles. Um, so they, they suspended, so they signed the number one recruiting class, actually the highest rated recruiting class in the history of college football recruiting, uh, they signed it. So, um, it was not just the number one team, this, the number one class this, this year, it's like, you know, the way that they calculate their ratings or whatever, it's the highest ever to be assembled. Uh, and if you remember, you know, there was the whole thing about like, they didn't pay a single player, blah, 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 blah. They didn't, <laughs> NIL didn't play a factor or whatever. Um, the boosters can afford to pay their coach 95 million, but they they don't pay any of their recruits, even though it's legal and completely fine to do that. 
Yeah, just on principle, they don't do it. Um, <laughs> there's, there's nothing like how how was Jimbo Fisher? How was the message that Jimbo Fisher wanted to get out? Like, no, we don't do this. How is it not like, hey, our boosters, you know, they're uh, they're they own businesses and they really um, like supporting our players. And you know, when when players sign with us, they're gonna you know help those players out. Like that would have been great. That's exactly mm-hmm. what he should have done. <laughs> the funniest part is how like deeply offended he was at the suggestion like he was about to challenge nick saban to a duel uh yeah yeah yeah. that's one great thing about kiffin is he's just like hey this is what nil is and this is how it actually plays itself out and like you need to be aware of how that is not a dummy regarding that um yeah yeah so a and m um Beyond that, uh, the the great signing and everything, um, they so they've suspended three of those freshmen. Uh, I saw a rumor as to what it was, but I, I'm not going to necessarily go into that because it's totally rumor. Um, but it was a violation of team rules. Uh, they, they've said it was a violation of team rules. Uh, so those players are suspended. I think two were starters, and the third was not a starter but a key rotational piece. Uh, they're an offensive lineman, a linebacker, and a corner, I think. Um, on top of that, this is not necessarily about the program in shambles because no one can control injuries, but they have three offensive linemen, starting offensive linemen out for the season. Two were injured against South Carolina and are out for the season. Uh, they have at least one quarterback who is missing the game. That's Max Johnson, who was at LSU uh, a year ago. Uh, Haynes King. Gosh, isn't that even his name? This is like uh, so, 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 such a memorable guy. Uh, Haynes King um, was like nicked up a little bit in the South Carolina game. Also, uh, like came out and was replaced. Uh, and then they also have their freshman quarterback who was a five-star named uh, Connor Weidman. And he was fine. Uh, in in relief in South Carolina. Well, actually, I guess he wasn't fine in relief in South Carolina. He his QBR was thirty one point two. Um, but the thing is, like, their offense is just really predictable, and they don't take a lot of shots. They have like really long developing, but somehow also not far down the field routes. And yeah, it just doesn't work. Yeah, sounds like a recipe for for not success. Um, so yeah, I mean, they still have a lot of talent. So you know, an Ole Miss win isn't a given by any no, means. No, no. And you know, tough environment to play in. Um, you know, they're they're gonna have some of that like wounded animal mentality. You know, because uh, I guess you know what else do you have left? Because um, yeah, I mean, A and M. They really were they ranked they ranked fifth or so preseason, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're staring in the face of like not being bowl eligible. So if know? they win out, they'll go eight and four. Yeah. But they're probably not gonna win out. Yeah. <laughs> they have to play LSU, who is good now, uh, in case you missed it. Uh and you know, Ole Miss is is still good. Um, and then they play who else? Auburn? Uh, they play Florida this weekend. They play Auburn, UMass, and LSU. Yeah, I mean, 
That's a tough slate. They could easily you know? finish one and three. And if they yeah. finish one and three, they go five and seven. Yeah, like Auburn's not going to lay down for them. Like Auburn has some fight left. Um, I mean, oh, not- sorry. Uh, they could easily finish one and four. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, the oldest game as well has not been played yet. Yeah. But anyway, so, I mean, I don't expect it to be a blowout or an easy game, but I, I do think AM has enough dysfunction and injury um, where, you know, I, I pretty much have to pick Ole Miss. Yeah. Also, um, their lines, even before those two guys on the offensive line went out, are not, were not good. Um, so they're 66th in sacks allowed. Um, they're 63rd in yards per carry. So, you know, not dominating on the ground or in pass pro. And then on defense, they're 96th in sacks, <clears throat> which is, you know, not good. Um, yeah, uh, the only other thing about AM before we get to our final question is uh, just know that South Carolina ran a 3-3-5 and really succeeded. Uh, now, obviously, like a 3-3-5 is different than 3-2-6, and also who those players are matters and all that sort of stuff. But, like, once again, you know, this is just not a, like, well, three-down lineman can't work against A&M kind of, kind of thing. Uh, okay, so let's get to the final question that we always ask, which is how has your season expectation changed if it has? Um, I think I'm so I've, I've been kind of riding the the mostly the 10 win train, but mm-hmm. but some nine mixed in and I'm, I'm gonna switch to to full on nine now. I'm pretty sure we're gonna lose to Alabama and uh, Arkansas, I think it would take, a a bigger defensive turnaround than we saw last year to come back and and beat Arkansas. But I do think we'll take care of state. I do think we'll take care of AM. Okay. Uh yeah, I I also think nine and three. I, I don't remember actually whether I said ten and two or nine and three last last week. Um I, I don't so I, I don't think Ole Miss will beat Alabama. So that's definitely a second loss. Uh, I can't say. I, I think Ole Miss is, as of now, is rightly favored in the other three. A um, and M, Arkansas, and State. Uh, Arkansas. I think they may just not be all that good, which is kind of weird because last year they were good. And they didn't really lose a lot, but they're seemingly just not all that good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I've seen a little bit of Arkansas this year. Not enough to form a full opinion, but what I've seen, I still think KJ Jefferson is going to be too much of a problem. Um, I think they have enough receivers, enough you know other pieces um, where they'll probably score a lot on Ole Miss. And I mean, I, sh- I think Fayetteville is a really hard place to play. Um, and, you know, just the, the defense can't get off the field against an SEC team with a pulse right now. Yeah, actually, you know, that's a good point. Um, 
with what Jaden Daniels just did, maybe KJ Jefferson just carries Arkansas to a win. So yeah, I'm, I'm in the nine and three camp as well, and uh, yeah, that, I would think that my season expectation might change after after the A and M game, uh, regardless of outcome. Obviously, if if Ole Miss loses to A and M, then definitely it changes. But I think that if Ole Miss wins, we'll have a view of you know, what Arkansas was able to do against Auburn and what state was able to do against pulling it up, pulling it up, pulling it up. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is good pod. This is good pod. Uh, against a bye week. So no, that, that will not help us now. Anything about, about Mississippi State. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that uh, we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody. And uh, we will be back again next week as always. Um, yeah, peace out.